little bit of context of what, what we're going to be doing today. Uh, Gam Brood, also known as Baz, and myself, Culture Hacker, also known as Lance Weiler. We're going to have a kind of a candid conversation about, uh, you know, uh, primarily focused around, you know, crypto art and the way that we're approaching it, kind of looking at it from a variety of different uh, perspectives, you know, talking about our creative practice, uh, kind of looking at the way that we're creating and pricing and collecting, and then also kind of talking a bit about some of the uh, some elements that maybe fall into some of the challenges that we face, uh, you know, with uh, with the work that we're doing. Um, and so that's going to be we're going to talk for probably about up to, up to an hour. And uh, you have to bear bear with us as we kind of find our way through Twitter spaces. We've been listeners. I, I forget what that says, you know, like uh, frequent listeners, first time caller. You know, I kind of feel like that today, I guess, in a certain way. So. Um, so Baz, maybe we'll start with, um, you know, how did you, how did you come to, uh, how'd you come to Hen and, you know, what, you know, give us a little bit of a, a, a origin story or a background on, on yourself and, and some of the work you've been doing. Okay. Um, well, I, I have a history in, um, in, in very, um, lots of different visual arts. Um, I, I started out with, um, uh, with 3D animation in the in the 90s, and then I um, I was an art director for uh, Sony Computer Entertainment. I, I worked on uh, two Killzone titles for uh, uh, Guerrilla Games, um, and after that I was a photographer for more than 10 years. Um, so um, I this I. A couple of years ago, I, I um, somebody introduced me to this these um, uh, generative adversarial networks um, that were just um, coming up, and and, um, and I, I was hooked right away. And I, I haven't been doing very much else since these two and a half years. Um, I started out with uh, the the application Art Breeder, which is uh, kind of a uh, a, a direct graphical interface to um, to a gun, to to more than one guns, uh, in fact. Um, and so, uh, I was still making a living as a as a reportage photographer, uh, but during all the lockdowns, I I, I usually photograph people and events. Um, during the lockdowns, there was hardly any work for me. Um, so. I was constantly behind the computer and, and working on these GAN things. Um, and I, I heard about the whole NFT uh, business and I decided to join in. So I, I bought some, uh, some Ether. And then after, before I really got into it, I, I heard stories about, about the, the, the carbon footprint of, of Ether and that, that it really wasn't great for for the environment and there's so much um energy uh wasted and so i d decided to back off um until uh i think it were was uh, memo acton and, and um uh, johnny lemercier and quasi mondo and mario klingemann um they 
they were suddenly talking about, hey, we, we found this, um, this, this market, this platform uh, that can do the same thing, but then with, with a, a POS uh, coin instead of the uh, proof of work uh, ether, which is much more um, environment friendly. Um, and I think Han was already running for about two or three weeks. And that was the moment I joined in. Uh, yeah, I, I um, in a similar fashion, I kind of I had initially started on doing some, you know, minting some stuff on uh, on uh, Ethereum, and then uh, migrated over to uh, you know Hen. Um, and for me, what kind of transpired was I, I do a lot of very large projects that take years to make. You know, I'm. Um, I'm a, a storyteller and I, I tend to work, uh, a lot of the work that I do tends to be very difficult to classify. I often find myself having to, um, having to describe it by stating all the things that it is not. You know, a lot of the work uses emergent technology like AI, virtual reality, augmented reality, the internet of things. And uh, in my practice, uh, I, I'm just really interested in the ways that stories can kind of spill off screens and into the real world. And so, at the start of 2020, I tried to do an everyday project just to challenge myself to make a work each day. And in doing so, you know, like I would um, I would just put it up on Instagram. I just wanted to be able to make something in a day and then step away from it, because, as I mentioned, a lot of my work goes for years. And and I failed miserably. I, I think I got to about March of 2020 when everything was kind of heating up with the pandemic. And I, it just kind of derailed me as I, um, you know, derailed a lot of people. And, uh, and then I returned to it in January of this year. And today marks like the 272nd day that I've actually made a piece. Um, and I just started, wow. I just started making stuff and then I started making more and more stuff and it was like an explosion, right? It was just like pouring out of me, you know, cause I've never considered myself to be a visual <laughs> artist in that way. Right. Like I, I'll write a script. I'll, you know, I, I was a cinematographer and, you know, I worked a lot on music videos and commercials uh, and films all over the world, but never considered myself somebody to be kind of a, a visual artist in, in, in the same way that I have been on Hen. And so I, um, I just found myself uh, really when I came, when I got on Hen, which would probably been in the beginning of March, you know, like I would have said probably around the, Mar you know, second week of March or something. I felt like I, 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 I was so excited because the, the platform at that time, as, as some of the folks who are listening probably recall, was very, uh, you know, very, very uh, it was like an art piece unto itself. You know, like I had no idea it was what, you know, what was doing what and how it worked. And, and I loved it. And it made me start over time. I started to fall in love with, you know, elements of the Internet that I had really come to despise in this age of algorithms, you know. And so, so I found myself just starting to mint. And I think that that's when I came in contact with some of your work back in, in March. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, um, uh, ne next to being an artist, I, um, but w when I first came to Hen, I said to myself, okay, I'm, I'm going to try this thing. I'm, I'm going to sell some stuff and, um, but I'll, I'll probably never spend any real money on, on some JPEGs, you know, um, because I, I, I really didn't know what the whole NFT thing was all about. I, I just knew, knew globally what it was um, 
uh, what it was trying to be. And, and, and then, um, so as I said to myself, ne never, um, I, I'll, I'll never spend any, any real money. And I was sold in a week, I think. Um, well, maybe, maybe, maybe in a day. But um, and, and then I, um, I, I slowly started building a collection as well, next to um, selling my own stuff. Um, and um, the the weird thing was that I uh, I decided, okay, I'm going to spend fifty percent of all my earnings um, in art of other artists, of, of colleagues, of, of people that I, the, the work that I admire. And, um, but, but that didn't last for, I don't know, a couple of weeks um, because I soon was over my head and um, I spent 100%. And then I, I had a little bit of savings and I saw all these great pieces of art and opportunities as well of stuff that I thought, wow, I can't just let this, sit here for i don't know 10 tezos or so i i think i spend another i don't know five thousand dollars in of my own money in it and so i, I ended up um spending 110 percent of my earnings <laughs> and then i um well you, you were one of the first um artists that i started collecting from because you made these wonderful um single editions and they were quite cheap for the for the quality that they were. I mean, they they were really um, very interesting to uh, to look at, and and there weren't at, at that point there weren't many artists that um, uh, that sold uh, single editions, and and if they were, they they were quite expensive. Yeah, it, it's interesting, you know, because when I think about and I did a similar thing and, I, and I, I've loved kind of collecting on the platform and I, I had a similar kind of stance to it where it was like I, I was unsure about, you know, whether I would, you know, take the dive into actually collecting the work. Uh, but I think what was really that drove me that was fascinating was I became fat, you know, like I was interested in, you know, I've been playing around and you know, exploring the blockchain for quite some time and, and had been waiting, you know, for ways to find uh, inroads that made sense uh, for me creatively. And I think, uh, you know, NFTs kind of presented that place, but it, it wasn't until really like Hikat Nunk really kind of allowed for a level of experimentation that was quite unique in the sense that the gas fees were considerably less and and also the uh, the way in which the API was open and and just the sheer kind of experimental nature of the platform and the way that it was philosophically how it was really kind of refreshing in the sense that it felt like it, it you know it, you know even even these experiments towards the the DAO around it and just the way the community is so engaged within it and I, I think, you know, as I, as I was trying to find my way through it or and still, you know, because I think it ebbs and flows, I think it's constantly changing. And, and that's what I kind of love about it. It has yeah. these peaks and valleys and these moments. And, you know, it has, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like just a steady course. Right. And, and I think I found myself really kind of experimenting like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to make this and I'm going to see if anybody might even be interested in it. And I might do I might do something where I release this as you know, something that's like 25 or, you know, I started exploring like huge editions and then I was playing with small editions and then I started doing things with just one-offs and, and I go back and forth philosophically for myself where I kind of wrestle with the scarcity in the abundance side of what, 
you know, what, what the platform is, you know, and just, just the love of uh, art and um, feeling like we're in this really interesting new moment where we can kind of change the way the rules in, in terms of how these things operate. You know, I love this quote by Buckminster Fuller, you know, don't waste time fighting systems that exist, build new systems that make the old systems obsolete. And so I think when I, I started to look at it, I started to, to explore, but you feel a very strong draw back to traditional models. You know, you feel a very strong pull back to the value of scarcity. And I'm just interested in terms yeah. of like, you know, kind of breaking from that. So sometimes I'll find myself purposely pricing stuff well below what I think it should be, you know, just, to, and then I'll do things where I'll, I'll go out and I'll, um, you know, certain people contact me and I'll do things directly to somebody's wallet who maybe is just starting out on the platform. And I'll try to, you know, I'll try to give a, you know, a piece to them or, you know, exchange pieces with them where it's, you know, greatly reduced. Um, because I, I feel like, uh, there's such an incredible, the, the, the the need for community or, or just the fact that folks who are making are also, you know, potentially, you know, collecting or curating as well, which is really exciting. And I think that's what makes the platform special, you know? So I know that we've exchanged some stuff away from the platform and just back and forth. And I think actually you initiated that with me where you were like, um, you know, you reached out and, and then we traded something and, you know, I love the work. I love yeah. the work that you make. And I, and I love the way that, um, you know, because I do a, a bunch of stuff with AI. And when I came across your work, I was like, wow, this is really striking, you know, and I was, um, I was, uh, you know, very interested in, in how you were, you know, kind of not only putting it out there, but also the way that you were kind of thinking about it. And I know that, you know, we've, we've had the privilege of, you know, being able to talk to each other previously. And I, and I think some of your practice, I, I mean, I think, I think the way that in which you're kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're approaching certain things philosophically in a similar way in terms of the platform. But I think our, our experimentation yeah. differs in different ways, which I think is exciting. And I think being able to kind yeah. of be transparent around that experimentation, you know, within this call, I think is something, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to do this fireside chat with you is I had started corresponding with a bunch of different people, you know, from folks who were running galleries to people who were large collectors who were collecting work that I was doing. Um, and I just, I realized, wow, there's some really great insights here. I'm going to just do some Twitter thing. And then pop twig, uh, you know, asked if they could just put it up and stuff. And then I thought, Oh, it'd be really cool to kind of do something with audio. So since we have the, the ability to kind of go back and forth, let's, let's really kind of unpack, you know, the, you know, like what we've learned across the platform, how we're approaching it, you know, things that mix our own artistic practice. So maybe what we could do is, um, if you could, could you talk about like how you approach, let's start with the creation of the work, right? And the artistic practice first, then we'll kind of okay. move a little bit more into what it is to kind of price this work and think about the pricing of it. And then we'll kind of, you know, yeah. go from there into uh, a deeper dive on the collect, uh, the collecting side of it in the secondary market. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, uh, Baz, speak, uh, talk to me about like the way that, like, if I was pull back a curtain, cause I've invited you into my Columbia university, uh, new media art class. I'm a professor of practice there. And I've invited you in to be a guest when we're, when we're kind of doing stuff with AI, cause I was really impressed with what you were working on. Can you just talk about how you're approaching it and, um, what that process is like for you? Okay. Um, yeah. Um, well, that I, I get many, many questions. Uh, every week I, I get questions of people that ask me 
Um, do you train your own models? Can you, um, can you tell me how you do this? Can you? And the thing is, I, I'm not a coder. I'm not a developer. I'm a very uh, visual-oriented person. Um, I know a little bit of tech when I need to, but I, I really, really like just to, um, to, to, to hack the existing systems in a way that I, I, I just uh, use um, and so most of the, well, all, all of the, the work that I do is just made with very, um, available applications that are, uh, just, uh, stuff like, like Arbreeder and Colabs and, and, and some, some filters, some algorithms that are just, um, float to the web. And I, by combining them in the right way, I, I guess I, I, I found my my style and my um, and, and my expertise in in some directions. Um, um, so it's it's basic. I, I'm I'm not so much of a, a fetishist when it comes to. I, I've been a photographer for at least fifteen years, and I, I always met these guys that said, "Well, you better have a Nikon, or no, you should have a Canon." Or uh, I I really don't. Don't mind what I work with. Uh, I just try to find the the edges of, of what is possible and and try to go beyond. Um, and and the thing is, um, well, so so that, that's that's kind of my approach. Um, uh, and I'm I consider myself a, a generative artist, but I'm 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 not a creative coder. So although the all the stuff I do is is um, with with code of others in a way. Yeah, well, I think that we're at a really interesting intersection at a point within you know digital art or you know crypto art or you know what NFTs or or whatnot, where a lot of uh, the opportunities to make work is being augmented by a variety of open tools, you know, kind of building upon the, uh, the generosity and, uh, you know, hard work of others who have laid a foundation and, and, you know, and there's an amazing kind of, uh, you know, kind of, um, uh, community that's, that's been around for quite some time and has been working in the space. And, um, you know, for some of the things that, um, you know, when I'm approaching it, you know, I, I find, that I bring a lot of what I had done in previous, you know, when I, when I had learned cinematography, for instance, right. And I, I try to bring some of that idea of lighting and depth and shading and shadowing and, you know, and into, into a particular image, a lot, a lot of the work, a lot of the work that I make, I, you know, there's a big percentage of it that happens on my phone. Right. And then, and then I kick it, I kick it back to other programs and, and a lot of it is really kind yeah. of that cross section of just breaking things, taking things to the edge and being like, Oh gosh, that, that looks horrible, but Oh, that's, that's hideous. Oh wait, <laughs> Oh no, that one little piece. That's interesting. I'm going to just keep trying that. And then I, dump it into something else and then I kick it back to my computer and then I'm, you know, I'm using it, you know, things like at times, um, like uh, a variety of different uh, tools, you know, I'll use um, some of the things that you mentioned. Uh, I'll also use runway ML. Sometimes I'll use uh, yeah. a variety of, um, 
you know, kind of re like almost like a rudimentary form of optical printing where I'll throw up a bunch of images and things on my system and I'll shoot them really crudely off my phone and then I'll bring them back to my phone and then I'll manipulate them in some particular way and then I'll kick them back. And, and so a lot of it is like deconstructing things and deconstructing them and out of that deconstruction yeah. comes something really beautiful, you know, like this freakish thing that kind of emerges and you're like, oh, wow, that's great. You know, and then all of a sudden I've gone down a rabbit hole, you know, and then I'm like trying to reverse engineer, like, how did I get here again? I got so caught up in what it was. I was so excited about what was happening. And then, and then, and then sometimes I'll be like, okay, that was great. Now, how do I get there again? You know, and I'll go back and I'll try to do it. And then it'll, it'll fork in a totally different way. And I'll be like, oh God, that's really cool too. And now, now I'm totally lost, you know, like I, I have no idea how I got here, you know? And so it's like this wayfinding thing, but I'm constantly like amazed like if you would have asked me you know like if you would have shown me some of the stuff and i I post a lot of stuff to my own uh instagram like i've been doing the whole every day i've been putting stuff there and then i bring stuff over the hen if you would have shown me that stream or even my hen collection and said to me this is the work you would be making i would have said no way man there's no (laughs) way i can make that stuff no way but what happened was it just started to kind of evolve and what's been really cool about doing it every day is i i started to go back earlier today i put up a thread on twitter of like five pieces that i kind of started with from the genesis piece that i did that was this like (laughs) this really fun like I found a, a, a mug shot of Mick Jagger and I call you know, I did this dripping, yeah. dripping technique and he, he looked like he was goth. So I called it like Jagger's death metal phase. And that was like the first piece that I put on, you know, Hickett and Milk back in March. And, um, and, uh, and I was going through some of them and I could see some of the technique emerging, right? Like I saw when I started to introduce motion to the platform, I saw when I started to, you know, I was doing different types of mirroring techniques. I was doing different types of, uh, code. Cause I, I will do some code, you know, and I was doing different types of processing with things. I was doing like old CRT manipulation of pixelating images. And I, I co- collected like five of these early works, many of which I had unswapped like they actually stayed unswapped after the you know back in the summer when there was uh, a a thing with the smart contracts and then I, I just went back and I started to unswap them today or reswap them today and and it's just been really wild to kind of look and think about think about like an aesthetic you know and think about like a lot of the work that I do is driven very much by an aesthetic you know I'm my own practice has been greatly influenced by a couple key things uh, influenced very much by design thinking, uh, which is a really interesting kind of methodology that uh, was originated uh, or at least codified through Stanford University, which is is very pervasive today. But it's it's kind of a way of using human centric design in everyday problems. Right. And so it has like this really interesting five step process It uses empathy um, this idea of defi- you use empathy to kind of do the shared ethnography to kind of get to the heart of something. And then from there, you take a little bit of a deeper dive and you start to define, uh, you know, what it is that you want to try to do. And you usually do that through a question, you know, how might we, right. Or how might we do whatever it is. And then from there you start to kind of ideate. And then after you've ideated, which is kind of like the brainstorming, you come up with some degree of a prototype and then you test it, right? And those are the five steps and they keep repeating. The other thing that greatly affected my practice was MDA theory, which is mechanics, dynamics, and aesthetics, right? The idea, it's a, it's a really cool uh, theory that works for analyzing games, but also for, um, 
for playing them, right? Like it, it, for designing them. Uh, so like it, it works in a way that like the, the player goes from playing, they feel something through the aesthetic. The dynamic is the behavior they start to learn. And then lo and behold, they learn the mechanic where the game designer, uh, you know, basically learns, you know, determines the mechanic, works to create a behavior for hopefully some type of an emotional feeling or an outcome on the other side. And so that was a really big thing that kind of started to influence some of my practice. And then the last um, is really kind of, you know, cause I'm a storyteller by background. I've been a screenwriter for a long time. Uh, the other part of it was really kind of this notion of experience design and this idea of creating experiences. And so I, some of that mm -hmm. kind of bleeds into what I do, even in the visual art that I make. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that, you know, kind of looking at, these different forms, you know, I'm really influenced by Fluxus, uh, the Fluxus art movement. I love it. You know, like I love this notion because it's so participatory. It doesn't exist until the audience is actually in it, you know, and it's, it has these really yeah. cool kind of instructional elements and, and I'm fascinated by participatory culture. A lot of my other work, the larger projects that I do are in that vein. And in fact, we have a project going to Sejus, uh, which is uh, the international film festival it's like a really cool fantasy horror and sci-fi festival we have a project that'll be there on the 9th of october like in a couple weeks where we're bringing nfts and hick at nunk to the festival and people come in and they come to see a movie but they end up creating a world together through a number of different uh kind of rpg you know role-playing game kind of techniques and then that world is represented back to them through this crazy remixing of the web that we're doing. So their, their ideas come to life on the silver screen. And, and then we, we do some really cool things because they're making artifacts that are from fairy tales, you know, that are across seven generations. And so we bring some of those in and we'll actually be minting them as NFTs to, uh, to Hicket Nunk. So like that notion of thinking about you know, the practice and the way you're approaching it. And I think, you know, you have a background in, in, you know, photography. Are there any art movements that you've been inspired by or, or things that you look to for inspiration in your own work? Um, well, because, because I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm generation X, I'm from, from 68. Um, I think that most of the, the early um, influences on my life were, stuff like like comics and european comics in those days uh movies video games um and then later when i got older i started to combine these with uh more classical um uh, art forms like photography but also painting and sculpture um my both my parents were artists um and so i am combining all these these old ways with new ways um but they all say the same thing they all try to tell a story with with images with sound with uh movement with colors with um contrast with um so in my my work now i i really try to combine all these things and um i i, I want to do something that is that um that echoes all the stuff that has been done in, in the last uh, couple of thousand years by, by, by humans to express themselves. Um, but also is, is, couldn't have been made uh, 10 years ago even. I mean, that's, that's kind of my aim. I, I really um, 
I, I, I tried to, um, to, to, to paint and to draw, um, but somehow I was always like, yeah, but how, how could I ever be better than, than this guy or, or that woman or, um, that lived a hundred years ago or maybe a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago. Um, so I was, as soon as I, as, as the 3D was coming up, I thought, Hey, this is, this is so working together um, team with a, with an AI and, and working like, like a collab between human and machine. Um, to produce and, and to inspire each other. Although, of course, I, I don't see AIs as, as, a, as a being, but it, 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 it is an entity uh, which you can um, get inspired by and, and, um, and, and coach in, in, in the right direction. I think it's just... Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, I... I, I, I Oh, go ahead. Uh, I hope that's. Uh, well, that was perfect. That was sorry? great. I mean, I, I, okay. I think okay. what you're hitting on there is really, is really important, right? Because you're you're talking about this augmentation of creativity through uh, a collaborator that just happens to be a machine. Because I think sometimes there yeah. there are certain arguments that kind of exist that are you know about innovate like a, a friction between innovation and preservation right and i think a lot of the work that yeah. you're doing kind of sits in a really interesting place and especially like some of the late you know the some of the newest series that i've been seeing from you that's been just like tearing it up on the platform and you know i think maybe this would be a great segue into you know how you're you're thinking about some of the ways that you're pricing stuff and i can share some of the ways that i'm doing it um, and, uh, you know, which will also lead to, I think, some of the, the realities of the challenges of the platform and even some mental health considerations of being, being on the platform and feeling that kind of dopamine rush when all of a sudden, you know, stuff is just going and, you know, and it's going at high levels. You know? And so can I say one more? Yeah, yeah. Before, sure, sure. before you bring up to a new subject, <laughs> um, the thing is, I, I have always been uh, blocked and frustrated with uh, with paper and a, and a, and a pencil. Um, I really don't know what to do then. So the moment I discovered photography, that you could hold this machine and just record anything that was happening around you um, and still have, have a very uh, high creative input while you're doing this, that was a... Um, a liberation for me that was a relief because I uh, I always wanted to be an artist but I couldn't because it, it, there were so many things that blocked me from learning how to draw learning so photography was was one step and and this is I mean this is just divine for me because it's it's everything I always wanted some some um, it's some this entity that just gives me all, all these ideas and that, 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 that it, I can rotate them back into the, the machine and, and it comes back to me. And so, yeah, that, that's, that's just what I wanted to say. Yeah. Well, and I think that, um, you know, kind of, kind of moving into the other part, cause uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we will only be yeah. together to the top of this hour, you know, like these fireside chats are intended to be like uh, hour long conversations. So, and I want to make sure that we kind of get through the arc of, you know, kind of the experience of what 
you know, you know, hen is. So as I shift gears here, um, let's talk about, let's talk about how you're approaching it. And then I'll share how I'm approaching it in terms of, you know, philosophically, or just in terms of the, just the the logistics or just even thinking about like, Oh, what, how am I going to, how am I going to release this thing? I've made something. I'm really excited about it. You know, how am I going to put it out there? You know, are you looking at what others are doing? Are you, you know, just walk us through the process of the moment you've completed the work. And now you're thinking like, okay, I'm going to put this work up on the platform. Just walk us through those steps and then I'll, I'll do a similar thing. Okay. Okay. Um, well, so um, I've never been um, interested in, in making money. That's that's one thing, um, but that left me in in places where I was always uh, doing work for others because I I had to make a living and um, and finally I I see this this structure where where I can um, provide for myself um, so I can keep doing this. Um, I, that's kind of, kind of new for me because I, I was always, um, I, first I, I, I had jobs for bosses and I, I found out that I really didn't belong in, in a company. And then I, I freelanced for a long time and, and I still had these, uh, had to do these assignments. I still had to do what other people asked me to do. And I was, I was a lot more free, um, but with this, if it works, I mean, it's just just great to to work all day on your own stuff, make something that you really like, and then and then say, okay, this is this is this is finished. This uh, I'm, I'm going to sell this. Um, so yeah, that that's where I started. Um, I like like many many people that start on on Hikat Nunk and, and and I guess in, in NFT altogether. Um, some of the first work is, is picked up because it's new and, and, and people like it and, and, and they think, okay, it's, that's the Genesis, we're all bu- going to buy that. And so um, there is this, this, this roller coaster ride. And, and first, uh, many people have this rush, like, oh, everybody wants to buy my work and I, I can live of this. And, and then, of course, comes the dip. Um, 99% of people that that sell their first work, they they don't sell their their third or the fourth work, or um, you, you suddenly you see that it's not as easy as it looks like the the, the when you sold the first one. Um, and I made a lot of mistakes. I um, I I'm not a very um, I, I should read more, but I I. Um, I don't, <laughs> and I, I didn't know anything about NFTs or anything about the whole mechanics that that work in. I, I didn't know the art world, uh, world, um, the, the, the conventional art world, the way um, uh, uh, works and, and pieces are sold in galleries. I just knew a little bit of that, um, so I just had a few things that I had in my head, like like scarcity. And and of course uh, hype and demand and and that kind of stuff. But I, I, ma- I probably made every mistake in the book when I uh, in the in the first month of, uh, of of when I joined Hen. Um, and what it does to you is, I think I, I I guess most most artists are 
quite sensitive people. Um, and it, it, it can hurt, it can sting. Um, especially when, when, you're, um, when, when your launch is, is well received and suddenly it stops. Um, just just after you thought, hey, this is this can maybe can be a living or um, so I had that and um, and and sometimes that coincides with um, with the, the the waves the, the ebbs and flows of of, um, of the Tezos or 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 Hen um, because these are all waves and movements that just um, cross each other and, and flow uh, so. Um, then I started to look around and, and, and really try to learn what was happening here. Why were some artists just seemingly giving away their art? Um, what were all the tricks in the book that were used? Um, why did some people uh, have single editions? Why did others have, have editions of a thousand? So um, I guess I slowly tried to... Um, uh, to get to grips with with the mechanics of, of this new world, and um, I I, th I think I, I learned a lot. These they, they they always say that that the the time in in the um, in the NFT world or the metaverse or however ever you want to call it uh, goes faster than anything you ever uh, experienced, and I think it's totally true. And, and also the the learning curve is I mean I. In, in, in just six or seven months, I've learned so much about, uh, about selling art, about hype, and about um, appreciation, and about scarcity, and about everything that I... Um, uh, and, and it just... It, so much happens in such a short time. Um, yeah. Well, I, if I could just really quick, I want to I want to go a little bit deeper on a couple things about the things that you all you know, like some of the mistakes that you made in that first month. Can you just like maybe highlight you know, you know, two of them or ones that you think like oh that that that's a mistake that probably if I told somebody that could help them save some some of that sting that you talked about. Oh, I think my uh, my wife. I Uh, well, while I wait, while I wait for you to have a more, yeah. oh, okay, you're back. Um, so I, yeah, sorry, no worries. I think my Wi-Fi dropped. I just switched to, uh, uh, it's, it's fine. Oh, okay, great. Uh, so I, I wanted to just dig. I, I don't know when my story. Oh, uh, no, we heard everything. We heard was cut you know, off. your whole story came through. So we heard all of that, which is awesome. Uh, the one thing I wanted to kind of dive, just take a little bit of a step back and ask you, like, what are, you know, two or, or, or some of those mistakes that you made in the first month that if somebody who was starting out or even somebody who might already been on the platform for a while could learn from? What, you know, what were they, uh, if you don't mind sharing those? Sure, sure. Um, well, I, 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 I did, I was really, um, I did a couple of things that are, were very smart uh, in hindsight, uh, but I would probably do them again if I didn't know better. Um, like, like, like minting too much stuff, like being too eager, um, just, just dropping new things and, and, do, and, and not selling them. So if, if you have a shop that is filled with, um, uh, with, with items that are for sale, 
and, and most of your editions are still there. Um, that's comparable to when you walk in the streets and you see this empty restaurant. You're not going to sit in an empty restaurant because you, you think, no, if it was good, then it would be full, right? And it's, well, it's the other way around <laughs> with, uh, with NFTs. But I think that there was one point that I had just had too much stuff in my, in my, um, in my works, in my creations. And I decided to just burn most of it just to uh, and, and announce it and, and make sure that it, um, it was just visible that there was nothing left. And that, that was the point that, um, well, that, that the sales took on again. So, yeah, that was one thing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think from my side, which is interesting, because uh, in terms of like how I approach it, the the moment I f I finish, I, I feel like because I've been doing like this daily art challenge, and I've just been experimenting with NFTs as a creative form of expression, you know, similar in the way that you are too. Um, I've treated kind of the minting as part of the creative process of the actual work, and so I have done a variety of different things. You know, I've I've um, just experimented all over the place with like, uh, this is a lot of these, this is a small amount. I've engaged in all the different kind of events that have come, had various results off of those events. At times, some are incredibly beneficial. At other times, maybe uh, they're beneficial in terms of discovering work, but maybe not as beneficial in, in necessarily in, 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 in the selling of the work. So they're, they, they can be really amazing in terms of discovering new artists. And, and I've started to learn that there's so many different ways that you can enjoy or engage in the platform without having to get caught up in the in the um in, in what can almost be like a um uh you fall down the rabbit hole of uh, of equating your own worth as an artist based upon whether somebody's purchasing what you've made right and uh and i think for a lot of folks who maybe kind of come in and drop something and expect or hope that it will sell, you know, like I, I remember going back and I, I sold steadily like across the platform. And I remember being like super excited that, you know, I, you know, I, it went for months, like consecutively, somebody would buy something every day. And I was so elated. I was like, that's amazing. You know, and they were all different prices. Right. You know, and it was little amounts here and there. And then there would be times where all of a sudden it just went nuts. And, and, you know, people would come in and they buy out almost all the stuff that I had. Right. Yeah. And then I just, you know, and it would just be, nuts and you'd have a crazy day like days that i never even thought were possible and then yeah. you would have these lulls where you you couldn't you know you couldn't sell anything to sell you you know save your life <laughs> it yeah. was like it was like okay no you know it's not it's not you know people aren't sparking <laughs> to it or or you know there's just so much or it's come after a large kind of thing and and so you know i have you know i've taken an approach with it where I have put a lot up there, you know, in, in a variety of ways. And at times it's been incredibly beneficial because when there has been a run on it, you know, it runs, you know, like people just go deep with all of it, you know? Yeah. Um, but then, but then it's like, I also have a philosophical thing where I'm wrestling with like, you know, I, I'll, I, you know, I experimented with the one-on-ones I do like limited uh, numbers, but I make so much that I feel like it, you know, it balances that out if I'm doing something with the scarcity side. So I think I constantly kind of hit up against like, well, what's so cool about this platform is people being able to make art and encouraging community and, you know, like a lot of it runs kind of 
counter to scarcity in some ways, right? You yeah. know, but I understand the role of scarcity within that environment. And I yeah. understand what it is to be a collector and want to actually be able to collect something. So then you can, you know, uh, you know, effectively trade it or flip it on a secondary market and, and see a return from it. You know, so I, I think uh, some of the mistakes that I made early on were, you know, just trying to, you know, were, were things where I was just trying to, you know, which I, I think I, I, I learned from and, and, and it's, it's funny because they're just like tests to me. Like I'm testing and breaking and testing and breaking and testing and breaking it. And because the low cost of the gas to it, it's, it's really not much to do it. I'd say like sometimes the pricing stuff, um, you know, like I would price things like very inexpensively because I would feel like I, I grew up like producing punk rock shows, Right. And so I would produce shows and, and we would work to keep ticket prices at a certain amount because we wanted we wanted every, everybody to be able to come. Right. And so sometimes I feel that with the work. Right. Like I feel like, oh, I'm just going to I'm just going to put it in here and I'm going to make it inexpensive. And and yeah. uh, and then maybe sometimes that counters or sets a sets a floor for the work in a certain way. Right. And then I'm yeah. kind of like, oh, you know, I'm making this stuff every day. I, I'm expressing myself. I, I've made like. I don't know, 600 pieces this year or something, you know, it's like insane. So I just yeah. have like so much that I've done with it that I just, I, there's a part of the process where it completes it for me. So sometimes I think maybe it was in some of the ways that I was pricing it. Um, I think the other thing that you really struggle with initially is the discovery of the work, right? Yeah. Um, I did, I did a similar thing where I really, I would, I would take certain amounts and put them into, you know, uh, supporting other artists and, and collecting other works. Um, that was something that I, I, you know, I did early and then I, it dropped off for a bit. And then I, I was really happy when I returned to it, you know, so I went back and forth on it initially. Cause I was like, well, you know, you know, I felt a, a mixture of like, I wasn't, drawn to certain things. And then I was like, well, maybe, maybe this is a thing where I should be, you know, uh, you know, uh, saving some of this, uh, you know, cause I, I'm thinking about it in terms of liquidity of what it is too. Right. And the, the ability to actually be in this space for creative people where they haven't been able to be in a space where, wait a second, I can actually, the work that I make is valued in some way. And that can lead to the ability to be in, 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 in a space like cryptocurrency when I wouldn't have probably plunked down a lot of my own money to do it. You know what I mean? And so it's been really kind of fun to kind of experiment with that. But, yeah. um, I think, I think the most important thing that I took from it is the sense of community and the sense of the community is really probably the most important thing. I've made some really amazing and wonderful friends, um, you know, just in the last, you know, since the platform was launched. So I think like not getting caught up in your own, your own rhythms or becoming obsessive around what you're doing yeah. and making sure to kind of look and see what others are making and understand yeah. and, 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 and enrich yourself through experiencing that other work. Cause it's only going to influence your work. So I think sometimes there can be tunnel vision around, oh, like, yeah. oh this is, this is really flowing. This is great. This is amazing. Wow. I can't believe this, you know, and the dopamine's going and it's all flowing, but then it's like, no, wait, wait, that's not really, what's really cool is all the stuff that's going on around this and, and this moment in time and this being an unprecedented moment in history. And what, you know, I, I honestly believe in, in, and I, I, you know, I, I, I teach at Columbia university in New York and, and I teach a new media art class. I think that Hick at Nunc will be recognized as this really interesting moment in art, 
you know, in digital art, you know, and, and people will go back and they'll look at it and it'll be historically noted, you know, in you know, in terms of art movements, you know? And so, uh, so I, I would just say like the thing that I had to kind of learn was like how I could kind of slow down, you know, enjoy what it was, be present. Um, and that was something that I think, uh, was a, a learning experience for me as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I, so, Oh, go ahead. You first. Well, um, about the whole social aspect, I, um, I really, um, needed, I, I, I had to learn how to, how to shill my work and to, I mean, um, using Twitter as a basic platform to, to advertise your, your own work is, um, it's, it, it's not ideal. Uh, Twitter have these has these algorithms, and if you if you don't have followers, um, basically you're not going to get them just like that. Um, and nobody, uh, it's it's like shouting in a, in a forest with nobody there. Um, so you can you can put there whatever you want. So um, yeah, you really have to work on your your social skills or your social uh, connections um, to um, to make yourself heard. And I, before I, I have uh, published, uh, I don't know, one or two years on, on Instagram, I had 50,000 followers, but they gave me nothing. They were, they were, just, they were just liking my stuff. And, and sometimes they, made, they, they said something that really didn't matter. Um, so those 50,000 people on Instagram that followed me, uh, didn't do that much for me, um, apart from giving you an ego boost in, in the first couple of months that you have them. Um, but as soon as I started to, um, to talk about each other's work on, on, on Twitter on, on, with people that also um, put their stuff on, on Hiccup Nunk, um, it, it really, my, my work and, and my, my development, my personal um, uh, progress uh, really um, went into um, uh, um, how do you say uh, shifted some gears, um, and I, I've seen people like I, one of my probably my favorite artist on Hiccup Nunk is um, a Japanese guy called uh, Kazumasa Tajikawara, and he's he's better known as as uh, Kubibi. He, he does the Mimizu, uh, the worms, the gener generative worms. Mm -hmm. um, and when I first came on Hikat Nong, there were a couple of artists that just uh, put their um, single editions there for, I don't know, 100 pesos or more. Um, one of them is uh, Iskra. Um, I think he's known as Point Line. And, uh, and the other one was this, this Jap Japanese guy. Iskra was really uh, very communicative, and, and and she was she was talking to everyone, and she was gaining followers, and and um, uh, Tashigawara was 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 not, and his work was absolutely brilliant. I, I still think he's one of one of the best artists uh, on the platform this this day, uh, but only recently he got picked up because he just did a little bit more of of shilling of. Of of um, uh, he made some jokes. He he just posted a little bit more than just an image, and I think that's very very important in this this day and and this medium that you um, 
that you show people who you are and that you try to connect and uh, yeah. Yeah, so that community aspect is really important. Um, and I think also uh, transparency and sharing of like what works and what doesn't work, right? You know, and being forthcoming with that, um, I think is important. And, and, and trying, like, I think there was a point where, and I, I don't want to throw shade at anything, you know, by any means, but I think I found myself early on when, uh, you know, I, I was kind of experimenting. This is back, um, you know, back last last year, maybe around this time, actually, um, and, or, or a little bit earlier than this. And I had been invited to um, Clubhouse by some folks. And, and I found myself like in these uh, kind of NFT conversations that felt like they were like this positive toxicity. You know, it was like this, you know, at times it felt like it was kind of Amway or something, you know, like everybody was celebrating the drops of stuff. And they were, you know, it just felt, it, you know, to your point of like, if you were struggling with Twitter and doing it, having to do it in a public forum and having to kind of, you know, announce and share your work that way, just, you know, I mean, first, you know, that's, it's, it's cool if that's, you know, a sense of where folks want to, to go with it, or if that's, that's per, their prerogative. And I'm not trying to be <laughs> judgmental around it. I'm just talking about like the, the positivity, you know, like toxic, positivity right like not <laughs> not unpacking yeah. the, the challenges that we face like all anybody who's sold on the platform is now looking at like how do you actually deal with reporting the income that you've made you know yeah. what does that actually look like what are the taxes yeah. look like around this how do you actually approach it you know should i be incorporated am i a sole proprietor do i set up a company around this how do i actually deal with it what, what you know in the united states they're looking at it as a as a good right like so the idea is that you have to pay uh, taxes on it as a good and then you might have to pay self uh, employment tax on top of that you know there's all these implications right you know and yeah. and uh you know and you know so there's the business side of what it is and then there's the challenge of the discovery side of what it is and then there's the, the like some of the mental health aspects that we were talking about where all of a sudden you know somebody might be valuing their own work through the fact that uh, someone else is buying it, but what if they're not buying it? And some of the, you know, some of the ways that dopamines work and the excitement of, you know, somebody taking a run on all your stuff. And then how do you balance those things out? And then the creativity of, of making work and being inspired and not just like literally being shackled to your device to, to try to make more yeah. stuff to hopefully kind yeah. of sell something, right? Like, and, and actually living life and actually in, being inspired by things that maybe aren't on screens, you know? So there's a lot of really interesting challenges that I think are, are swirling around. Um, and a lot of this is uh, so early and new. Um, I, I want to kind of close out here as we're coming down the, yeah. the home stretch. What, you know, what are some of the things that you hope for in terms of the future of this ecosystem, in terms of the way that you're approaching it? Any, any, uh, any thoughts for the future? Um, well, to be, to be honest, I, um, I really, it feels like I really didn't have any time to, to think about any, anything, um, any, any future, uh, things. Um, I've, I have been, I have been engaged in this, this madhouse for, for, I don't know, seven months or uh, how far are we? Um, I, I, I completely lost my, my sense of time before in the, in the pandemic, um, during the lockdowns that, that, that really messed me up in, in sense of what, what time was. 
and and this is just a drop. <laughs> this is just so I'm I'm in um, in another galaxy right now, and I am very interested in in the future of of NFTs of Hiccup Nunk, uh in in the way I'm gonna evolve as an artist or um, if I can keep sustaining myself, um, but I really need to. Uh, I, I really need a point where I, I slow down a little bit because I'm just um, I'm just I'm just I, I feel I've been running a marathon. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, um, there, there's one thing that I somebody approached me with a platform. Um, I I'm pretty sure that this is just the beginning, and that all these people that are into NFTs now. Um, uh, artists, buyers, sellers, traders, every everything, collectors. I think they're um, they're just um, they're just the the, the front. Uh, uh, how do you say in in a in a war the <laughs> the front troops? Um, and, um, and 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 there will of course be be platforms where you can just pay with with dollars or with euros. Because all, all this stuff we, we're doing with, with Kukai and Temple and all these brokers and everything in between is, um, is, is all this difficult early adapter stuff. So I, I, I really like, like it to be a little bit easier for other people to um, get into this. Um, but in, in sense of, of, um, of decentralization or uh, uh, democratizing uh, things or DAOs, I, I just did, really didn't have peace of mind to um, to to overthink this properly, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, what I'm I'm really excited about here as we're kind of closing out is I'm excited about the potential of NFTs being a foundational layer within the metaverse and this idea of being able to have generative kind of personalized worlds and the opportunity for us to kind of really think at new uh, about new collective models you know so when you mentioned DAOs you know which are decentralized autonomous organizations that are kind of a running of a, a you know a number of smart contracts I, I think that that represents a whole quantum shift in terms of how we think about yeah. the, the foundational layer of how we make work and how we collaborate with others and I know um, a, a number of folks are working on some interesting collaborative contracts for Hicket Nunk and and I think that that's greatly needed I think it's one by one who is you know part of that effort um, and I and I think the Hickathons and all the work and different folks who are doing really amazing things you know from vertical crypto all the way across to these people who are who are making and and helping to nurture community i think is key to the future of what it is but i think the usability and get, being able to have frictionless uh you know ways in that allow people to collect and make and discover the work is really uh you know where the future resides but i think we're just at the beginning of it and i think it's really exciting to be on a platform like hiccat nunk which is not owned by some external it's not controlled by some external board it's not you know uh you know a vc didn't back it it's really something that's driven by the community uh which can be messy at times but it's yeah. truly exciting <laughs> because because it points to something that's new it points to something that uh, is inclusive and allows for folks to be part of 
you know, that, that, that evolution of what it can be. And so I'm really excited about it. You know, uh, Baz, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk today. You know, hopefully we'll come back at another point, have another conversation. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Lance. And I thank everybody who, uh, who listened to this, uh, this show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that the, you know, just being able to share process is really cool and just have a very candid conversation around it. So, you know, hopefully folks, um, you know, enjoyed this and, you know, we'll try to do some in the future and just pair up artists with each other so they can just have conversations, you know. Um, so uh, thanks.